1: Yeah. I wanna bother like a wizard. Yeah, you know what I mean? When I'm blowing on the net cuz you and shot for the team. I was in high school drains, though i looking clean. Teaching game like a ten. all these Hey guys, welcome
2: to the Lockdown Wizards podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host Troy Halliburton and join with me on the other line for a very special NBA trade deadline edition of the Lockdown Wizards podcast. My guy, Kevin Broom. How you doing today, Kevin?
3: I'm doing great. How about you?
2: I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, I, I, I'm feeling a, a lot better knowing that, you know, the, the Wizards were, were able to come out here and, and make a, a couple of uh, fringe moves. Like I've like I said, my analogy that I've been using is, is Tommy Shepard is, is is making full meals off of eating pizza crust. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, 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 he's really working some magic. So, you know, I, I'm really just happy to see, like, the – the kind of breath of fresh air and 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 the trajectory of the franchise and some of the moves they're making and how different it is from from the last regime.
3: Yeah, well, I think the spot where the full meal breaks down is when you like look at the defense and you look at the the team's record. But I, I get what you're saying and I agree with you for the most part in that they're they're making these uh, these moves these low cost acquisition you know low cost acquisitions and they're they're getting guys that are pretty good or. They have a chance to be pretty good, you know, and so, and the, the cost of getting them is very low. So, yeah, these are good moves. Yeah, I honestly, like, it, for for them to uh, pull off
2: a move like they did this past summer, where, you know, Tommy seems to be, you know, uh, lo- uh, looking around the league and seeing that these other deals that are being made and figuring out how he can get himself involved in some of these deals yeah. and pick up, uh, uh, you know, an asset, you know, because really a lot of the times what happens is, uh, you know, the salary has to, you know, match up with certain teams. So, you know, uh, the Clippers, they, in order for them to acquire uh, Marcus Morris, they needed to get off of some extra salary. So um, mm-hmm. instead of sending back Jerome Robinson to the Knicks, that's where I Tommy Shepard. He's able to, you know, get in there and, and pick up a player for, for literally nothing. Well, not quite nothing because they did give up the draft rights to – uh Esef Stannon uh, well, who was still, their second-round second pick. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think that to them it, it's not nothing because, you know, he's a guy who they were still developing, and he played on their summer league teams for the last mm-hmm. two summers. And, you know, he was a player that, you know, they were monitoring, and he was in their pipeline. And I'm not saying that he was going to come over next year, but, you know, in the in the next two seasons, they were definitely hoping to, you know, continue his development and bring him over at some point.
3: Yeah, I I was not impressed with him, it, you know, entering the draft, and I was not impressed with his summer leagues either. So, I, I don't think they gave up too much. I'd be a little surprised, to be honest, if he ever, you know, does anything worthwhile in the NBA. But um, yeah, the thing, this is getting back to your point about Tommy though, is that, you, he, he, I mean, you know, Tommy, he's he's one of like the nicest guys, and he he is friends with literally everyone. He knows everyone. His his network is vast, and so part of the I think that's part of the value of having someone like him, uh, you know, running the franchise. In that he he has the ability to, to to know about these things that are happening because people talk to him, and then he can sort of shoehorn the wizards into him and extract some value, like you know, taking in Mo Mo Wagner and uh, Isak Bonga for Essentially, nothing getting Bertons for nothing, you know, those are really smart moves. And, uh, like you said, he, I mean, he gave up something that he valued a little bit with uh, with Fannin, but I, my opinion is they really didn't give up anything of value in either of the trades that they made today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you when you know we're talking about what uh, Fannin's like actual tangible value was. You know, I, I think that. You know they 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 really turned uh, what was uh, a, a problem and an asset that you know more than likely was never going to turn anything if Shannon ever even came over to play mm-hmm. with them right. with the Wizards. But mm-hmm. you know I think that by them getting Jerome Robinson, like this is a, another guy that goes right along with the you know the the, the the Thomas Bryant, the the Mo Wagner school of thought, where you know you you get guys that were uh, you know highly recruited players out of. Uh, high school or college and 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 you know they they got into opportunities where they weren't really uh able to showcase their talent and the, that's the one thing that the Wizards as an organization has right now and that's a opportunity for young mm-hmm. players to come in and kind of showcase their skills so you know i, I think that uh you know th- th- this is just a, another lottery ticket for uh for, for Tommy Shepard. but let, let's talk about what what you think about uh Jerome Robinson as a player and I know that we were talking before that, uh, but before we started recording, about you know uh, some some of your 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 pre-draft comps uh, uh, yeah. for him and and and, and uh, I don't know grading scale of him. So yeah, it it, it, it might be you know uh, uh, a tough break for Wizards fans who are thinking that you know they're they're getting this you know fantastic player.
3: <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing with every young player how good they, they they can they can be it varies depending on how hard and how smart they're willing to work you know so when robinson entered the draft i have you know my stat based draft analysis tool that i call um it got named on a message board years ago which because i was calling it ye old draft analyzer and somebody called it yoda and that stuck and so now it's yoda and, and at any at any rate uh when he came out the Score like the minimum score in Yoda to have a draftable grade was 100, and his score was negative 23. So not Ooh, exactly like a top <laughs> prospect. Now I will say the scouts really disagreed. You know the the Clippers picked him what 13th overall, mm-hmm. and most of the like the draft boards had him as a, at least a first round pick and uh but there was a a i know a lot of the stat guys were not very hammered with him like uh like i wasn't and so you know we'll see he has a chance he he hasn't done really anything uh as a pro but he he also hasn't had much opportunity you know the clippers were last year were a deep you know loaded with depth a lot of good players at every position and now of course they still have pretty good depth and they have the two stars so he really hasn't had much opportunity and so he's going to get that opportunity with the Wizards if he can, uh, you know, basically I, he doesn't. There, there really isn't anybody to beat out for the for the minutes. So he should get an opportunity to play. Well, I mean,
2: I think uh, uh, Garrison Matthews might have something to say about that. Well, that's right, but... <laughs> Garrison's, Garrison's
3: back. But Garrison's also on a two-way, so they may exactly. try to keep him down in the G League for a bit. No, so, they're,
2: they're, I think I think the strategy there is to definitely keep Garrison down into the G League and. So that he doesn't run through his uh, forty-five days, uh, and he's eligible to be up with the Wizards. And but once the G League season is over, I, I would expect for uh, Matthews to play the rest of the season with the Wizards. But I think that uh, no, Matthews and Jerome Robinson are probably definitely in direct
3: competition with each other yeah.
2: as far would, as backup uh, shooting guard position uh, going for this summer into next year.
3: Yeah, I would very much expect Matthews to win that competition. He he had a much higher score in in Yoda. He was you know had a draftable grade, and uh, he's he's been good when he had an opportunity to play, you know pretty good when he had an opportunity to play before he hurt his ankle. Now tiny sample size, of course, but he showed promise, and he he also has that like Harden-esque ability to draw three-point fouls. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean that his ability to draw a thousand of three point shots is really something special. And I mean, I, honestly, it's not surprising if you watch him shoot. Like he's a yeah. guy who he's a he's a very high jump shooter. Like he gets a got a, 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 a lot of lift on his jump shot, and he literally never lands in the same spot from which he takes off.
3: So, yeah, he like, does that, He does like a long jump, like a broad jump forward.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it draws a
3: lot of fouls. I'm also a little worried that, about his ankles because he's always landing on somebody, it seems.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think that there would definitely be cause for concern because, you know, he's, he's, he's had uh, two ankle injuries now that have uh, you know kept him out for extended periods of time this season. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that, that's really kind of hurt his, uh his, his opportunity to really like, get out there and, and show what he can do. But like you said, in the limited minutes that he has had this year, uh, you know, Garrison Matthews has looked uh, quite exceptional. So I, I think that you know, Tommy, he's setting it up for this is nice, healthy competition throughout the roster. And so uh, Robinson, I, I think he comes in like he he's definitely a an offensive first player, uh, a shoot first offensive minded player. And so I think that uh, you know it'll be interesting to see if the Wizards would be able to develop you know certain aspects of his game. Um, I was just looking at uh, uh, the, the, the clips of uh, the 2018 NBA draft, and Jay Billis was talking about Jerome Robinson, and and in that clip, uh, you know, he mentioned how the, he could see Jerome Robinson being a good uh, pick and roll ball handler, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a skill that. Uh, he was never really able to show in, in uh, uh, L.A. playing with the Clippers because, mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, they had him really standing in the corner, you know, just, just ready to, you know, take uh, uh, jump shots as a spot-up shooter. But, you know, in D.C., I think that he might be able to uh, have the ball in his hands a little bit more and be able to showcase, uh, you know, some, some different uh, skill sets, and, and maybe that will make him a, a more efficient offensive player.
3: Yeah, and it could it couldn't hurt, <laughs> you know. He's, he's he's an offense first guy. Limited limited sample size, of course, but he has not shot well in the NBA, and his defense has also been really bad. So, he you know, he, again, if he works hard, he could he could probably catch on as a reserve, and I don't think see a lot of potential beyond that. And but again, he the, the Wizards got him for free. So it's not a it's not a bad move. It's a worthy gamble and it's a it's a good move for them to make. So
2: Yeah, no, I, I think I, I I'm impressed by uh the move. I think that I was much uh more intrigued by the Wizards acquiring uh Jerome Robinson than I was by them uh trading away Jordan McCrae to get Shabazz Napier. But I think uh within this uh the 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 two trades that the uh was just made today I think the most important factor and I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet mm-hmm. is the fact that um you know Isaiah Thomas is no longer on the team and mm-hmm. that 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 means that he he's no longer going to be given minutes and so I think that this is one of those uh addition by subtraction moments that you know the team just got better just by purely not having to play IT for 25 minutes a night. <laughs> he, well
3: They never had to play him 25 (laughs) minutes. That was Tuesday, Tuesday, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was the Scott Brooks thing. But I I agree. And now the one caveat to that, of course, is that, you know, early in the season, I kept, you know, when Isaiah Thomas was playing and the defense was just absolutely cratering, and I wrote some things, and I know a lot of people talked about how Isaiah Thomas was at the root of the Wizards' defensive woes, and then Thomas got injured and he missed a few games and their defense was just as bad and uh, so that that is going to be an issue now that he's he's gone just how bad their defense has been and continues to be um that said Napier he's actually not a bad defender you know he's a he's a decent guard he this is the best i think he's played in his career so far and you know he's a he's a competent professional sort of deep backup. I mean, he's not the guy you would want as your primary backup, but if he's your third backup, you know, your third point guard type of thing, you know, that's fine. And he's a solid defender. He's not going to, you know, be, he's not going to wreck your team, but uh, he's also not a guy that you want to like rely on a bunch. I I kind of almost would have preferred that they just use Troy Brown as that uh, second point guard. You know, go ahead and start Ish Smith and and let Troy Brown get a bunch of minutes at at you know running point with the second unit. But you know, I I don't have any problem with getting Napier. He's a he's a solid guy, solid player, and like I said, decent defender. And it would be a pleasant change for the Wizards to have somebody competent defensively um, at at point guard. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, like you said, just to have somebody who's competent like it is a major upgrade. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that, that uh, you know, a lot of people like to use Isaiah Thomas's size as this, like, kind of built-in deficiency as to why he can't defend. But, I mean, you know, Shavazz Napier is probably not that much bigger than Isaiah Thomas. You know, Chris Chioza and uh, Isaiah Thomas are literally the same size. I think it, it really came down to an effort thing uh, more so than yeah. you know, a, a size deficiency. So I, I think that, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what uh, Napier can do, I, I'm I'm with you. Where I think that you know he is definitely a more more of a third point guard. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he he's a guy that you, you wouldn't want him to you know be your primary backup for 82 games, but he's more than capable of you know stepping in for a you know a, a, a four week stretch if you if you receive some mm-hmm. type of injury to you know one of your top two guards like that he he can you know step in and play for you know a few weeks and so you know he'll he'll get a chance to. Kind of showcase uh, his abilities here in DC because I'll tell you this—he definitely fits the mold of the type of point guards that uh, Scott Brooks likes to, uh, yeah. you know, bring in and play. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if, if he can come in and you know show that he can be a, a competent, uh, you know, backup guard or third guard, you know, he he might uh, have a spot on next year's uh, team. And so, you know, especially uh, I think that he he's been signed for. Uh, with the league minimum the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- I think that it, it, it's something that uh, would definitely be worth uh, looking into for them. Um, but, you know, with him coming in, we have to look at the, the player who went out. I know you were uh, very big on selling high on uh, Jordan McRae. And I don't know how high they sold, but, you know, they, 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 they did get something. I, and And really I kind of view both of these deals as kind of one package almost. It's like mm-hmm. they, they they did the uh, Napier deal because they they, they really needed a, a player to come in and play point guard for them. Also, I I want to mention that you know that that you had to look at the the relationship between you know the Nuggets and and the Wizards with mm-hmm. with Tim Conley and Tommy Shepard being very close friends. So I, I'm sure that when, uh, when 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 Tim Conley called up Tommy and you know and realized that okay they shipped out Be- Beasley, so they needed you know some uh, insurance. Mm-hmm. For some of their wings up, that, that you know, that that was a a, a marriage that was kind of uh, made in heaven, and and you know, something that they probably uh, had talks uh, for for a little while now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would I would expect so. Um, like you said, that that relationship that those two had probably made that deal pretty quick and easy to get done. Um, and you know, for the Wizards, if you have a chance to pick up a guy named Shabazz, I think you kind of have to do it.
2: <laughs> I like it. I like it. But uh, what, what what do you think about uh, uh Jordan McRae and uh the yeah. Wizards kind of selling high on well, uh you know on 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 his on him as an asset.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say that was necessarily selling high. They they sold, you know, I would have liked to have seen them get a get a pick out of it or something like that, you know, like a second rounder or something. Even a late second rounder would have been okay. But you know, it's fine. They they got a guy who can at least hold things together for them, be a competent professional point guard in the, uh, you know, down the, the remainder of the season. And like you said, he's, he's a guy who could possibly um, come in, um, come back next year as well. If it was me, you know, my preference would be probably to see if I could get somebody who's just a little more size because, you know, Ishmith already has that uh, diminutive point guard rolled down pretty good. So uh, assuming wall comes back with any kind of health, you know, he's a big starter, but it would be good to have, a, a, you know, some size off the bench as well, um, He you know, now and then. To, just as a, another tool to deploy. Um, so, you know, if you've got Napier and Ish Smith, both as your backups, they, they, they both fit that same kind of mold of the, the smaller guy. So I, I would have preferred that, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, they go a different direction, draft somebody to be the third point guard or something.
2: Yeah, I think that um, they will definitely be looking for another, you know, Justin Robinson type of gamble, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a good four-year college uh, point guard who they can feel like they can come in, bring in, and try to develop. So, uh, you yeah. know, I, yeah, I, I I like the move, uh, and like I said, I, I kind of view it as, as I kind of view both deals as, as kind of like just one big deal for them, like you know they mm-hmm. once they once they traded Thomas, like they knew that they had to get a replacement for uh, you know for, for for those point guard minutes. And so I do have one question for you, though. Yeah. Uh, so Isaiah Thomas went out; he went to the Clippers, and mm-hmm. the Clippers subsequently waived Isaiah Thomas. What mm-hmm. do you think the future for it as an NBA player uh, uh, kind of holds for
3: him? My. Uh... My guess is he's probably done, you know, I would be a little surprised if he um, had another, you know, more than a, just a, a look. It, and it's, it's, a, it's a shame because he's, he has done really amazing things, especially for somebody his size, but so much of what he did when he was at his best in, in Boston was based on his quickness. And with that, gone because of the injuries, not completely gone, but, you know, diminished significantly. He's, he's forced to rely on his skill. He's a very skillful player, but not that he, he's just not that good. And then you add in, you know, he was always a defensive problem because of the size, but now he's defensive problem because of the size, his lack of uh, mobility and his lack of effort on that end of the floor. Now, maybe in a different situation, he, he would try harder on defense, uh, but, you know, I, I don't see why. This this was an opportunity this season for him to, you know, come in and really show the league that he wasn't done, and what we saw was somebody who was significantly slowed and wasn't trying on defense. And So my guess is that the league is going to look at that and think, uh, thanks, but no thanks.
2: Yeah, I, I think it'll be tough for him to uh... – to Land and stick in another spot with another NBA team. It's just, but as you mentioned, like his uh his his quickness, his burst has been you know quickly. I mean, severely diminished. Like he he's he's not the same player physically that he once was. Um, so you know, I, I I feel bad because you know he's such a great guy and he was you know a good presence in the Wizards locker room and you know he he definitely stood tall and, and answered a lot of questions and. You know, he, he was great with the media. It, it was good to have his, you know, his kids were around the mm-hmm. Wizards uh, in the locker room. And, you know, he had a son on the bench with him the, a lot uh, the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, that the, the life aspect of, you know, the business of basketball uh, is definitely is definitely tough to, to, to see, you know, what uh, some of these players go through. You know, uh, Jordan McRae, he was at the Wizards practice earlier today. You know, he, he's coming <laughs> off of uh, an ankle injury and you know, I'm sure uh, you know when when he left the practice facility, you know, it, it got into his car and you know went home. He's probably thinking about you know, oh well, man, I'm gonna go grab some food or something like chilling mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, he's he's on a flight heading to Denver, Colorado. So yeah. it, it, it's it's just a very interesting dynamic. But you know, I, I think that uh, you know one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite TV shows, uh, Mad Men. Uh, Don Draper, he once told Peggy, why, why you know she was always complaining about recognition. He said that's what the money's for. And so, right. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it's it, it's a tough life that they have to live, but you know they, they're fairly and very well uh, well compensated for you know these, these 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 kind of life struggles they go through.
3: <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Although I will say, Jordan McRae is not among the most uh, highly compensated of guys. And uh, this was kind of his first real opportunity to have you know extended playing time in a significant steady role with a team, and uh, now he has to try to fit in somewhere else. I would not be astonished to see him return to Washington next year. I know he liked it here, and the the wizards liked him as well, but I think they just felt like they needed um, something you know a different guy for to fit the roster as it as it was coming together after trades. And uh, so they made that move, but I would not be astonished to see him come back.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, for his uh, his agent Derek Powell is a, a Washington D.C. native. He actually uh, he went to, he graduated from Wilson High School. He, we actually grew up in the same neighborhood, so there, he, there's a there's a connection there for sure uh, between you know uh, he his agent the uh, the Wizards. Uh, You know, Jordan McRae was definitely one of the uh, more well-liked players within the uh, Wizards organization over the last two years. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would definitely not be surprised to see him uh, back in some capacity. But I I very much hope that he's able to, you know, kind of carve out a role uh, in Denver. I think that there's an opportunity there for him, like I said, because with them having traded uh, Malik Beasley away, you know, there, there there will be a chance for him to go there and, and play, you know, uh, 12 to 15 minutes a game, and he might actually be able to, uh, you know, uh, contribute and, and, and swing some playoff games for them, at least they're hoping so.
3: <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I, I liked him, and I enjoyed watching him play. I, I did not think he was I, – I wasn't as uh, – how, how shall I say this? As enamored with his play as others seem to be, <laughs> so – I, I thought he was he was okay on offense and, and really bad on defense, and uh, so we'll see how he how he ends up fitting there. Um, I, I I'd be I don't know we'll see how big a role he ends up uh, being able to get because um, uh, they they have a pretty loaded roster a lot of injuries right now but um, including Jordan but uh, yeah well, so we'll see. One move I'd like that that Denver got, they they picked up Keita Bates Diop, um, in that trade for um in that trade with Minnesota. And uh he's a guy I liked coming into the draft uh what a couple years ago. And he he's been hurt and hasn't had a chance to play a, a whole whole lot, but this season when he has played, he's been okay in spots. So I'd be curious to see how he fits in up uh, up in or out in Denver.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm very curious too. I know that he's a player that uh, that the Wizards uh, thought very highly of before uh, the 2018 draft. They brought him in for you know uh, a few uh, workouts. So yeah, no, I I, I like uh, base Diop, and I, I think that he'll he'll also get an opportunity to you know kind of kind of show what what he can do. And you know anybody getting out of Minnesota is is a uh, is probably a good thing for your career. And this is actually a perfect segue. <laughs> Uh, because I want to take a, a break, and on the other side of the break, I want to talk about uh, some of the other trades that went down in the NBA uh, over the over the last few days. In uh, Minnesota, who you know was a very active participant, like I, I don't even know who's on the Minnesota Timberwolves roster anymore because <laughs> they, they they turned they turned over literally like seventy five percent of their roster. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, we'll take a, we'll take a break, and on the other side of that, we'll we'll dive into some. Uh,
0: Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: All right now, Kevin. Uh, Yeah, man, I feel like uh, the the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they they turned over uh, more than half of their roster uh, they, they made a couple of deals uh they they first they they were a, a part of that uh that 14 12 player deal uh, two nights ago that really kind of kicked off uh mm-hmm. the whole trade season uh where, where they sent uh Robert Covington uh to uh the Houston Rockets and so i i that, this is something that i really find interesting and i really wanted to dive into this with you uh, what do you feel about what the Rockets are doing by essentially, like, not having a center and just kind of leaning all the way in to this, you know, uh, small ball, taking a lot of 3 and D players surrounded by – or surrounding Harden and Russ and, you know, switching everything on defense. Like, do you think that this will be a viable strategy for them?
3: I mean, I don't know what you mean they don't have a center. they got P.J. Tucker.
2: (laughs) I mean, hey uh, (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> the, the guy six five uh, uh, jumping uh, jumping uh, center like that that that's a that's something to behold for sure. This ain't WCAC high school ball. <laughs> yeah,
3: he's he's six five with what about a twelve inch vertical? Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. No, I here's the thing. I love it. I I don't know if it's gonna work. They don't know if it's gonna work, but they have a theory of the game. They have a theory of how. can win and what they believe is that one through analysis and through statistical data and through analytics they can gain advantage and they can outthink opponents that's one thing that they believe they also believe that things like skill and quickness and toughness are more important than size and they have now made a, a significant bet on that by trading away the only quality player with any size on their roster And, you know, they've been thinking about doing this for at least a couple seasons now, um, in part because um, Capella, you know, in in playoff games, he he can be chased off the floor by other teams going to small lineups because he's not a guy who can switch. He's a very good rim protector. He's a good rebounder. He's a great rim runner. But this is another thing that the Rockets believe is that, um all of those things except maybe the rim protection can be can be taught or that can be found elsewhere. And that those are the most replaceable skills, um, easily replaced skills, among the most easily replaced skills in the NBA. And so they've made a big bet on that and I, I love the, the guts that it takes to do that. In some ways I think it's a little bit of an admission that they maybe messed up when they traded away Chris Paul for, for Westbrook, that maybe that wasn't the best move that they could have made. But Either way, they've made this big bet where now they have a bunch of guys who are like, you know, 6'3 to about 6'7. They can switch one through five virtually all the time. And it's just going to be really fascinating to watch this 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 experiment. It actually made me think of – as soon as I heard the deal, it made me think of my brother. Because, you know, back when I was a kid, we were watching – them go through guys like, you know, Dave Fidel and Isaac Austin and all of the other just, you know, list of these sort of stiffs that as they tried to find a true center. And I kept asking my brother, we kept talking about it for years. We talked about it. Well, why don't they just go out there with a bunch of guys who, who can play? And so what if your quote unquote center is six foot eight and really would be a small forward, some other team? Just go play and make the other team match up and figure out how to beat you. And the Rockets are actually going to try to do that, and I think it's going to be fun.
2: Yeah, it's certainly a case study into, you know, style of play. And one of the things that I always notice, you know, I watch a lot of player interviews and things of that nature, and, I would see, like, Steve Nash, he would go on, like, uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, and one of the things that he would always say is that he, one of his regrets was, you know, that those Phoenix Suns teams never really leaned and never really went all the way in to, you know, playing that, that their, their style of play. They're playing, you know, the seven seconds to less and you know, that they, uh, you know, they would always try to match up with, uh, you know, some of the other teams they were playing. So if they played the Spurs, you know, they're trying to match up and play big with the Spurs. When really they should have been just you know focusing on playing more of their style, and mm-hmm. so I think that uh, you know th- this is definitely one of those examples where you know the they, uh, the the Rockets weren't going to be able to go out and find a, a a big man who's going to be able to match up with Anthony Davis or be able to match up with Jokic in the playoffs, but you know they can go out and get you know more three and D wing players and 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 try to play their brand of basketball and see if they can. You know, really, kind of outsmart and outwork uh, some of these teams in the playoff series.
3: Yeah, and I, I like the thing. You know, like you said, they, they're saying we can't match up with Anthony Davis. We don't have anybody on the roster. We can't get anybody on the roster. Uh, you know, get anybody from elsewhere who can come in and match up with Anthony Davis. So why bother? <laughs> you know, go get to, go get a good player who can fit your team, who can you know shoot threes, who can space the floor and defend and switch onto people. You know, one of the things with Covington is that he's a, he's a very good, like one-on-one defender. He's very good on, on his own man defender, but where he really has a lot of value is that ability to help. He's got those like crazy long arms and the, he's really strong and he can, you know, he, he picks guys pockets. He, he's great in passing lanes. He's just, he's a really good health defender and, that having him available to switch to sort of freelance to to roam a little bit, it should it should it should lend itself well to that style. And they're they're going to run, they're going to shoot a lot, and they're going to keep that lane empty so that uh, Harden and Westbrook can have room to operate. So it's it's fascinating. And then you saw, I'm sure you saw that Harden you know had that 16 rebound game. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, when they started that, you know, five guys under six five
2: lineup. Yeah, no, I, uh, Harden is a load as a person. Like he, he's a lot bigger uh, than people, you know, kind of give him credit for. So you know, he, he's a guy who who can definitely throw his body around and 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 definitely uh, hit, hit the boards. I I'm I'm excited to see uh, what 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 they'll be able to do. I know that you know last week with the way that their roster was constructed that they had absolutely no chance of you know competing or making it to the conference finals or you know any any chance of, of really competing and you know they might not have any better of a chance uh you know today after making uh the, these moves but you know i i think that it, their chances slightly improved and so anything that, that 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 will give you a better chance and, and this is something that is different like i don't know what the outcome of this will be. So they, they I feel like it was a yeah. decision they they kind of had to make. And you know what? I I feel like uh you know D- Dan Tony and Daryl Moore, they all know that this is probably their last shot anyway. So like, yeah. if it don't work they, they these guys might not have to suffer the consequences from from these uh uh moves because they probably won't be there next year.
3: Yeah. And this is this is one of the things that you know the the probabilities and, you know, the people who play those kinds of things, is that if you're the underdog, it, it you, you generally gain advantage by introducing variability. You know, so if, if you're a team, for example, that say you're three points worse than the opposition or you're five points worse than the opposition, um, you know, go entering the game, right, then shooting lots and lots of threes, you might lose by 20 instead of by, say, five. Or you might win by six instead of losing by five, you know. So that's what they've done. They've done the equivalent of shooting a lot of threes with a roster move. Yeah,
2: I like. I, I'm I'm excited to see how this all plays out. Uh, I I very much want to see uh, Houston get matched up with uh, you know either Utah or the Clippers in a first or second round series, and I think that you know it, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, you know, watch P.J. Tucker have to go out there and defend uh, Rudy Gobert. Like, that. I, I just want to sign me up for all of that. <laughs> yes,
3: yes. It, 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 whatever they do, it's going to be entertaining.
2: Yep, yep. So uh, I think that uh, there, there are a couple of other trades that I wanted to hit on from uh, from the league. Uh, what did you think about the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, being able to get off of Andrew Wiggins' contract and, uh, you know, Golden State really kind of flipping uh, – D'Angelo Russell, uh, they 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 essentially, uh, you know, instead of letting KD walk out of the door for nothing, they they uh, did a sign and trade with the Nets and brought in D'Angelo Russell with the hopes of uh, being able to turn that asset into something. And what do you think about them settling on Andrew Wiggins as you know their their answer for a small forward for the future?
3: Yeah, I am a little puzzled by it, but. You know, Bob Myers says that they're no. I guess it was uh, it, it was the owner who said that they were light years ahead. Who was it? Was it the the owner or was it Bob yeah? Myers? It was I uh, can't it was remember. Joe Laker. It was the owner. Yeah. Laker said that. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, uh, I'm not a big Andrew Wiggins guy. I, he's he's been a little bit better this season. You know, maybe Steve Kerr can help him, and the you know the coaching staff that they have there can help him. You know, maybe when they get back Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson and you know the rest of the the rest of the roster, I guess, but when those guys get back, then maybe with Wiggins having to do a little bit less he can he can be more efficient and a little smarter of a player it, he hasn't shown a, I think a lot of inclination toward that, but you know maybe it maybe it clicks for him, you know the thing is is that he's his 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 contract runs through 2023 he's going to make a lot of money and when he's making that much money it's it's difficult to incentivize change you know and so we'll see i'm not i i wouldn't hold out a whole lot of hope for it, for him to suddenly become you know terrific but if he can just be kind of average then he could be a decent contributor for them when steph curry gets back in clay and and draymond if draymond can sort of get back to being what draymond used to be
2: yeah um I think that you know once you start uh stop looking at uh Wiggins as you know the former number one overall draft pick and you just look at you know his skill set and what he can bring to the table, I think that you know he can fit very nicely with Golden State as you know, that third or fourth option on their team, essentially. You know, I think one of the biggest criticisms of Wiggins in Minnesota was the fact that, you know, he would kind of disappear, uh, you know, throughout games. But, you know, and and with him playing in Golden State, you know, he's not going to be expected to, you know, have the ball in his hands, you know, for Mm -hmm. for the majority of the game. So he can just kind of just – he can float out there for, you know, long stretches and you know just kind of be a a guy that they can lean on uh when 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 they need a little bit of extra scoring punch and i what what i do believe that he's able to do i think that he is a decent finisher so we think that you know he can't create for for really can't create for himself or anybody else but if you have if you put him in a situation where uh you know Steph and Clay are drawing so much attention and i I feel mm-hmm. like he's a he's a good cutter and you know he, he finishes at the rim uh, you know, with his athleticism, if he can just you know turn into being uh, uh, an elite finisher, and that's that's being a good spot up shooter, a good cutter, uh, a, a, good, a good a good finisher around the basket. You know, I, I think that you know, he he'll be able to save his career. Now he'll he'll definitely be the most expensive uh, three and D player. You know, making <laughs> thirty plus million dollars a year. But you know, I, I believe that. Uh, you know, w- one of my mantras for 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 2020 is, is betting on people, and I feel like this is a move where uh, uh, the, the Warriors are betting on their organization and their culture being mm-hmm. able to probably get the best out of Andrew Wiggins going forward.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's fair, and that's a good way of looking at it. Is that they're that, that they've decided to to bet on themselves. The the thing that I would point out is that they haven't had a really great record of developing young players over the last, say, you know, during their championship run. It doesn't really, like, who who from that, like, their draft picks has really, like, jumped out and been, like, a major contributor for them or even not even a major contributor, just, like, a significant contributor. Well, you know, I mean, Savon lo- Looney. Looney, I mean,
2: yeah, on Looney, got, he's been a contributor, but.
3: You, you got Looney, but then they, they've also got a bunch of picks that they made of guys who really haven't done anything. Um, as
2: professionals, yeah. so yeah, but I I think that goes back to a, a talent evaluation thing. And when you look at it, I mean, mm-hmm. just, were, were they not been able to develop those guys, or were those guys just not any good? Like I think, well, you know, yeah, Ian Clark it was a guy. Like I I never thought he was like a, a, a an NBA caliber player, and he's yeah. not in the NBA right now. But he was a guy who you know they played and they tried to get the best out of him. I don't yeah. the talent isn't really a question with Wiggins. Like everybody. Yeah. He, anybody with eyes, you know, can see that the guy has talent. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that this is a, a, a different situation, and you know, that like, they, like I said, like he he can play. Like, can can they get him the best out of him?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you in the sense that the the most important part of player development is player selection, you know, and being able to pick guys who actually can play. Um, we'll see if if we can play. He said he's. He's talented, but I fear that he's talented in like the way that Andre Blatch was. Not that Wiggins is that that kind of uh, that kind of guy, but just that he has that kind of that the skills all look good. Physically, he looks good, and you look at him and you think, yes, he should be a really good player. And then he gets out on the court, and not that much happens. So. Uh, Maybe Golden State can make it work, but uh, they also out of that deal do end up with a first-round pick and a second-round pick as well, and the, the pick is pretty soft. It's I mean it's uh, the protections on it, pardon, are pretty soft. Only about what well, it's uh, only top three protected, so it's yeah uh, that's that's an interesting interesting thing. You know, I think Minnesota talking about betting on themselves. Minnesota is betting that they're going to be a lot better in twenty twenty one. Than than they are this season,
2: man. I I, I can't wait until uh, the Timberwolves win twenty seven games next year and uh, best <laughs> best friends Carl uh, uh, Anthony Towns and uh, D'Lo uh, turn on each other and start subtweeting each other. Like I, I that, that's that, that's what I'm looking for. To fast fast forward me to that point. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I I was about to say we might find out what uh, the NBA would have looked like if uh, they had Twitter when. Kevin Garnett and Stefan Marbury were playing together but neither Delo or Towns are the Garnett type of personality so maybe not.
2: Yeah, we we, we as we witnessed uh about what Jimmy Butler did in there they they don't have that much dog up there no. in Minnesota. But no. actually speaking of uh Jimmy Butler and you know what what they're building down there in Miami The Heat actually uh, made a couple of moves, and, you know, they they acquired Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, uh, essentially adding them to uh, their rotation by giving up players who weren't playing for them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Justice Winslow was not playing for the Heat this year. Uh, Deion Waiters, you know, uh, uh, everybody's known of his struggles, you know, coming into this season and, you know, his, his whole edible incident and all of that. So he wasn't playing for them either. So they they really they really have the the same guys that you know have led them to the record that they have so far and are adding you know two quality three and D players.
3: Yeah, um, it's that's interesting. I I like Crowder going there. I, I've liked Crowder since he came in. You know, since he was coming into the draft. I they ended up not being able to get Gallinari, correct?
2: Yeah, they that did not
3: happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would have been pretty awesome if they could have also somehow swung slung getting Gallinari in because then they would have had uh, upgraded their, their power forward position quite a bit. Um, Gallinari is, he's a good player. And, uh, but I guess they decided, uh, well, whatever, it didn't work. So, but with what they did get, um, like you said, Iguodala is a terrific defender and, you know, they signed him now for a couple more years after this one. So that'll be interesting to see how much he has left in the tank because he's 35 already. But he was a, he's always been a terrific athlete and he was you know he sort of evolved from being kind of more of that like all star mold where he was carrying some of the offense to this low usage just shoot when you're open and play great defense role and he does it really well and it'll be interesting to see how he yeah, how he fits there and like I said Crowder as well. Coming in, I, I like him. He's tough, uh, notwithstanding what Marcus Morris said of him. <laughs> but uh, he, he's a tough guy, and he's he's a good player.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I like it because you know they 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 really kind of tooled up for for a nice playoff push, and so you know they they, they added guys who are who have playoff experience, guys who are you're very much tough minded, and will will be able to you know. Probably seamlessly fit into that, you know, Miami Heat culture. So I, I like it, and you know, they they somehow still left themselves with, uh, you know, uh, some flexibility going forward. And 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 with, mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one, you know, they, they 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 seem like the uh, destination. That if I were Giannis, I'd be looking at Miami if if, if he's not able to win uh, that championship in Milwaukee. So they, they Miami they've set themselves up uh, pretty nicely here, you know, and they still have uh tyler hero kendrick nunn and duncan mm-hmm. robinson uh, uh uh in their pipeline as far as uh young players that are uh you know contributing right now and also still developing
3: yeah and don't forget i mean bam out of bio i mean I bam really bam, bam
2: bam's already i mean like he, he, he's, he's already, already on that all-star yeah exactly so yeah i don't like they they i mean and they hit on that pick so i got to give them credit you know uh Thank thank God they were able to get Hassan Whiteside out of there and allow Bam to, you know, play more and yeah. and show what he could do. Uh, just imagine if Whiteside was still there. Bam could still be, you know, a backup right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: and, White, and it's funny. Whiteside's having a pretty good year in Portland, so it's kind of worked out for both of them. Yeah, I, I think – Well, I was going to say a little bit like when Dwight, left, Dwight Howard left uh, Houston and, and Clint Capella suddenly had playing time. But the rest of it didn't work out quite so well for Dwight, so maybe not.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Dwight, Dwight went on his own journey and uh, he, he picked up a couple free checks, and now he's in L.A. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't think he really has any complaints about how this all played out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kevin, man, I, I greatly uh, appreciate you for coming on and, and sharing uh, your knowledge, man. I, I'm glad that the Wizards were able to, uh, you know, make something happen, and you know, I, I think that. Uh, you know the the the, the Tristan Thompson uh, rumors were, were were very interesting. I know that you and a lot of other people are very happy that the Wizards didn't make what what, what seemed to be a very uh, uh, Grunfeldian uh, type of move. <laughs>
3: well, so, the the thing with him, so okay, we can talk about this because you and I we 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 have thought about this a little bit. But, <laughs> um it, Thompson, it's like you know he's okay, right? He's a decent player. And there's no, nothing wrong with him, particularly as a player. It's just that the, the Wizards already have, like, a decent guy who can play center, Thomas Bryant. And Thomas Bryant's also, like, six years younger. Now, they're they're kind of opposite sides of the coin. If if they could do some sort of, like, medical procedure and where they mash the two of them together, they'd have an all-star, you know. But they, they obviously can't do that. You have to take the players as they are. You can't mash them together it's i think it's in the rule book but you know Thompson is a he's a decent he's a pretty good defender and he's not so good on offense he, he he's okay he's had – at least this year he's been better in previous years Bryant is very good on offense and he's he's really bad on defense and but being 22 with some coaching with some better teammates who are actually trying on defense you know it seems like uh Bryant at least has the potential to improve, you know, as we, we've discussed before, he's, he's a hard worker and he's really enthusiastic and he's constantly asking coaches for advice and for to, to teach him stuff. And those things bode well for somebody to improve. And so my attitude with or thinking at least in terms of when I, when that rumor was out that the Wizards were going to give up a second round pick and, and me to to get him was why, you know, they've got, Bryant, and they have a backup with some potential in Mo Wagner, ride with those guys. Let the, Don't don't stunt their development by bringing in a veteran. Um, even if it's like, you know, you think it's going to appease Beal, what ultimately will appease him is winning. And to, to me, you have a better chance of doing that if you give the play, if you invest the time and effort into those young guys and let them grow into players. Because, you know, with Thompson, we kind of know where, he, where his ceiling is. Right, he's he's not going to suddenly get a lot better, but both Bryant and Wagner could conceivably get much better than they are right now, and um, you know Bryant in particular is already pretty good. So
2: yeah, I'm just I, he, I, that,
3: that's, I agree
2: anyway, with your that's what strategy. I no, I yeah. agree with your your strategy, but the thing is, 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 is does the Bill agree with that strategy? Like it's it's <laughs> it's, not, it's like it's something that you know we we could say that you know okay this it seems like it this makes the most common sense. But if Bill don't think if he don't agree, then you got to do whatever you got to do to make him happy. So, like, I, I that, that's really where I landed on it. Well, and I, and you know, Bill, Bill, like I'm telling you right now, like there's the, the, the Wizards. They they got about a good half a season left before before Bill is gonna he, before he's gonna start uh, being more vocal about uh, uh, you know his displeasure about certain things. So, well, Kevin, man, I greatly appreciate you coming on and, and doing the full hour with me this will be great i i know that you know for the for for the for the wizards uh fans who love you know uh so much talk about hypothetical situations and you know what the team could do and and looking at a- a- analytics you know i think that they will thoroughly enjoy you coming on and being able to talk about the team in that way and i'm greatly appreciative of it so i wanted to give you this opportunity right now to uh, to kind of uh plug your work and let the people know where they can find you, your writings, and where they can find you on social media.
3: Yeah, well okay, thank you. Best and thanks for having me on, by the way. Um best place to find me, I I write uh basically all my wizards content goes up on BulletsForever.com. Um visit there, there's a lot of good material going up there. And um but there's gonna be a bunch of uh you know, a bunch of content there uh about the wizards, and then of course you can follow me on Twitter at Broom underscore Kevin.
2: All right, cool, cool. Uh, I'll get a chance to catch you around and uh hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon. Yeah, anytime. All right, Kevin. All
0: right. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you.
1: For the team. I was in high school with dreams. No more moves looking clean. Teaching games like a team. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girls should shop for the team. I was in high school with Since I was a fetus. Young PG legend like Gilbert Arenas. Now I'm chillin' back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit, it don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting past. Label money, I just telling in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a struggle like fuckin'. They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slide down my ones, but it bounce like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see with a J, we we'll be on the same team. I wanna ball like the wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girls you in shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean, teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girls you in shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean, teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. A
0: hey, prime members.